I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast, part of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I am so glad you're joining me today. Today, I want to continue our deep dive into discussions about the existential threat of China, and specifically the Chinese Communist Party, which has so deeply infiltrated our institutions, businesses, and communities. You may not even know their influences. It spreads far beyond Washington, D.C. We're actually seeing China cut deals left and right with state and local governments and politicians throughout the country. California, North Dakota, right here in Michigan. You've heard me all. You've all heard me talking about it. They've all claimed them as targets by China and they push to buy land near critical resources and military bases. It's naive or maybe even politically desperate elected officials that go as high up as governors who are being wooed by the false promises of more jobs. You even heard Governor Youngkin say he's not going to be wooed by jobs over national security because this is fully compromising our national security. So I'm bringing in an expert today to help us understand what's happening and why. Bill Evanina is a former U.S counterintelligence chief with decades of experience serving as the director of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center under both President Obama and Trump. He was the chief of the CIA's counter espionage group and served 24 years in the FBI. He's now taken all of this knowledge and advises CEOs and boards of directors for some of our largest corporations on the foreign risks they face and how to best prepare and respond to these threats. Before I bring Bill on with me, I want to first remind you guys about Consumer Tax Advocate. Many of you did the tough thing through COVID. You know who you are. You paid your people and pulled your business through the pandemic, and it wasn't easy. And now because you did that tough thing, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee. That's per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. 
Here's the thing. It's not a loan and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but no one knows more than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing upfront. They do all of the work and they share a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sale in sales during that time, you did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let covidtaxrelief.org help you get $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. One more time, covidtaxrelief.org. Now let's get back to what we were talking about on China. Let's welcome in Bill Evanina to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Bill. Uh, Tudor, it's a pleasure to be here. I look forward to having a great discussion on a very important topic in protecting our country. Well, we were talking about how this has come to Michigan. We see the Goshen plant in the state of Michigan. The local community has fought back against it. And I was talking to you before we got on here and saying, you know, this is now in Michigan. You said, actually, it's everywhere. And this is something that I think when Donald Trump came out and talked about America first and we're not going to be partners with China, people didn't really understand. But a lot has happened in the past several years that people, especially with COVID, people are saying, do we want to be this embedded with China? So what has the behind the scenes looked like for you on educating folks? Well, Tudor, first of all, thanks for having this podcast about this topic. It's very important to be out there and in, in, in order to mitigate any kind of threat like this. And as you said, this is an existential threat the Communist Party of China, you have to be aware of what that threat is, what it looks like, what, how it is around you, and how it affects you every day. And I think to use your uh, premise here with the state of Michigan, I look back five, six, seven, eight years ago, maybe a decade ago, we were having a lot of difficulty in gaining traction on this threat. And we saw it from the intelligence community, the intelligence with the intentions and capabilities of the Communist Party and their intelligence services, and what they were doing to our critical infrastructure our companies buying venture capital to be able to uh, purchase themselves into boardrooms. We didn't get a lot of traction. Mm. I would say probably 2017 to 18, we started to see that turn and we started to garner some traction in the mainstream media. Maybe get our message out. We had some big uh, stories out there, whether it be 60 minutes where people start to say, wait a minute. And then we had some traction with the, the governor's associations, right? And we showed the state and local representatives and how the communist party trying to is having malign influence at the very local level of our governments. And it really woke everybody up. And now we're starting to see how big of a threat this is. And now what do we do about it? How do people get into this situation where they didn't even realize that this was in their boardrooms? Because, I mean, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing that they've gone into American companies and the American companies didn't even realize they were there. That's a great question. I think that is actually the crux of the whole scenario we're dealing with here. It's because the Communist Party of China is spectacular at hiding in plain sight with their nefarious activities through legitimate business enterprises. And I'll give you two examples. Obviously, Huawei is a big one that we've seen the last five or six right, years. Yeah. But you know, just look in Michigan. Just look at the Ford Motor Company right now. You know, So they had an opportunity to go green, renewable energy, build battery factories in the U.S., and they chose not to. As a board and as a CEO, they chose to partner with a communist uh, Chinese company that's under the direction of the Communist Party to build their batteries for, for electric vehicles. Bad decision, in my view, right? If you're going to be part of the solution, that's not part of it. Whereas Governor Yunkin in Virginia said, we're not going to do it. It's not worth the 1,200 jobs to be in partnership. And more importantly, 
be subservient to a Communist Party of China's supply chain, electric vehicle batteries for the near future. How do they get these politicians that are in the bag for them, though? Because Governor Yunkin did. He came out. This was specifically about this cattle factory coming to to Virginia. He said, no way. I'm not putting jobs over national security. It's it's way too dangerous. Now, Gretchen Whitmer openly said, I welcome them into the state of Michigan. It's important that we partner with Ford. And she was part of the, the group that was out there saying, this is Ford. This is not the CCP. But it's not Ford. It's a partnership Ford has invested in, but the company will be owned by a Chinese corporation, and every Chinese corporation is connected to to the CCP. But this is something we also talked about, is that people constantly say, oh, you, you can't say that the Chinese people are bad. This is xenophobic. You don't want Chinese people to come in and work in Michigan. That is not the case. We're talking about the Chinese Communist Party aligning with Ford and coming to the US. Now Ford isn't building their new their new car factories here. Let me make this clear. They're not manufacturing vehicles in this new vehicles in the state of Michigan. They're not building new factories to manufacture vehicles in the state of Michigan. The new factory will be a partnership with the Chinese Communist Party company that will build batteries, but it will not increase sales for Ford here in Michigan. That's correct. And I think uh, the premise of your first question was, I think Governor Yunkin was probably uh, advised and briefed uh, wholly on the issue of this particular issue with cattle and that the fact that cattle is a Chinese company at the behest of the Communist Party intelligence services. And Governor Yunkin make it, made a constant decision, not in my backyard. Now, Michigan, Now I'm not quite sure who briefed the governor uh, and who didn't brief her or she was completely aware of this. But at the end of the day, the the board of Ford and the CEOs and executives knew what they were getting into. And they made a conscious mm-hmm. decision to partner with an organization, a company in China that could actually hold them at bay for decades because they controlled the electrical vehicle batteries in their Ford vehicles. Well, I think there's also some control that Ford has over elected officials here in the state of Michigan because we have so few jobs. We have so few manufacturing companies coming here, and they really have a hold on the state because so much of our tax dollars go into their factories right now. They already have cut these deals with the governor, with past governors. We have legacy costs going into the automotive industry for decades past, and that will be decades in the future. And so I think they feel that they have a little control. But I also think there is a huge difference when you look at a governor like Governor Yunkin, who has business experience, who understands the business world and how global the global economy works, as compared to somebody who's been a politician their whole life. And maybe when they're they're building their team around them, they don't understand the importance of having someone who can advise them on foreign relations like this. I think that's a, a spectacular point, um, Tudor. And I think when you look at governor in Michigan or any other governor, it's their obligation to put a team around them that can advise and inform them of the perils of such decisions. Because lobbying is a big part of our of our commerce world and our influence on politicians, but there needs to be a stopgap measure so that elected officials can say, hold on, pause, look to someone to the left or right and say, what do I really need to know about this? Is there a national security issue? Is there a national interest issue as well as an economic issue? I need to know that. And if those governors are not asking that question, then shame on them. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what is the lobbying power of the Chinese in the U.S.? Because if you are able to have, I mean, obviously Ford has significant lobbying power in the state of Michigan, and you have the automotive industry in general that has a significant amount of control over the governor if, if the governor so chooses to allow the lobbying to have that much weight in her in her decision making. But in Michigan, obviously, lobbying is significant. When we look across the country at politicians, how much has this ability to lobby politicians affected our judgment on what we are letting into this country? Because the big conversation right now is the amount of farmland that China is able to come in and buy. A lot of that farmland is being granted and the the, uh, the signature on the bottom line is really coming from state government saying, oh, yeah, this is fine. But why? What is happening? Well, another great question. I think I spent a lot of time on Capitol Hill the last year or two talking about this issue specifically and how strategic the Communist Party of China is in attacking uh, the purchase of strategic land near our critical infrastructure or military bases through third parties and other parties, where by the time the actual pen is dry on a contract, no one even understands that it's a Communist party company or part of the Chinese government that's procuring That's exactly that what happened in Michigan. I just want to say right. exactly no one got that this was not an actual American company. That's correct. And I think what we need to do is go back to basics a little bit on these these deals with, you know, a little bit due diligence to say, hey, who's actually buying this land? Because at the end of the day, if you're a farmer and you have an opportunity to sell your farm for 10x its value, that's that's the American dream. That's tremendous. But someone in the process should be able to say, 
hold on one second. Let's do some due diligence, whether it be America first or not. Let's find out who's buying this land because it is three miles from a very important military base, right? The question is whose obligation responsibility is to do that? And that starts with the actual seller in my mind. So that's something that is kind of interesting here with this Goshen plant in Michigan, because if we break this down, you've, you've probably been seeing a lot in the news this week where the news has come out and said, oh, the Goshen deal didn't go through. Well, on, on 80 acres of land, the Goshen deal has been put on hold right now because the town, the township board decided that they would take a vote and say they were going to take the zoning decision out of the county's hands and they were going to make that a decision on that would go into the board's hands. A very few, a very small group of people that would make the decision to rezone farmland to make it industrial. Just so happens that the same people that were going to vote on rezoning the land owned the land. <laughs> so there's also this level of corruption where if you have the governor signing off on something and saying, oh yeah, this is acceptable. You can, you can sign off on, on changing over the zoning of this land. You have to then dig deeper as the community and go, wait a minute, the guy's selling this land for probably, like you said, well over what it's worth. I mean, at a certain point, who steps in here? Because it is hard for the local farmer to say, I'm going to give up $25 million that I would never see in my lifetime if the governor has signed off on this. I mean, what? how deep does this run? How do we protect against this when you've got local folks that are really struggling that see this pot of money? Yeah, great, great point. And I think it's happening all over America. And I think this, this Goshen issue is just, you know, one particular symptom of a bigger medical problem that we have in a country. So think about this. If in this particular situation, if I was to come there and identify, the first thing I would look at is what other um, incentives were given to uh, the zoning issues, the mayor, the city council? Was there a pot of money provided to, for economic development by the Chinese Communist Party or organization that said, hey, listen, additionally to this Goshen plant, we're going to give you $10 more million to build a new park and a stream and finish this particular situation on the school. And we're going to provide security cameras for all your public schools. We're going to provide some irrigation. That's what they do very well. The old Belt and Road is now in our local communities. From kind of, and then if you're the community and if you're that economic development personnel specialist or you're the mayor, it's hard to say no to that because you don't necessarily know the, the long-term threat and what the implications are. And actually, what's the intent of owning that land? I put the onus on the state of Michigan. The state of Michigan has to have what I call like a CFIUS light, you know, committee for foreign investment in my state. Someone who can regulate and take a, a deep dive into say, what's the strategic angle? Why does this Communist Party company want this particular land in this part of Michigan? What is so special about that? What has happened to the Democrat Party in the last few years? Because they've seen seemed to become the party of big business. And they've changed over from this really caring about the environment. I mean, I believe that all of the electric vehicles is like pseudo caring about the environment because they're bringing in big money with this type of a deal. They're creating deals for themselves behind the scenes. But then if you are so concerned about the environment, why would any type of environmental review on Goshen be waived? A company coming from the country that provides the most pollution in the entire world that would come into the Great Lakes state, where we have one of the greatest resources of fresh water in the entire country, in the entire world, we would allow them so close to that, but also right next to a military base training Taiwanese soldiers. It all seems very, very fishy. 
What happened to the Democrats? Well, it is fishy. It doesn't sound fishy. It actually is. You know, in the FBI, we talk about facts. What are the facts and where do they take you? So again, in this scenario, I would go to say the permitting official. Who provided that permit? Who are they? And what are their ties necessarily to the Communist Party? And what lobbying has been done with them? And why are they so eager to waive this, right? Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. But there is an incentive for them to say, I'm going to forgo my environmental cares for this bigger business entity with the Communist Party of China. That's a no-no in my perspective. And someone has to hold that person accountable to say, listen, what was your rationale for waiving this environmental impact statement? And typically, there's a financial incentive down the line for that individual, their business, or maybe there's a contract that got let out that provides them access to the Chinese market in 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 an analogous capability for their family, their friends, or their town. Well, if we go back to the the Ford example with the other business, because this is a different, these are two different factories that we're talking about. So if we go back to the cattle example, what would you say to a Ford if they came to you and said, is this a good partnership? Should we move forward with this? would have been an easy no. I mean, anyone in the intelligence community or FBI would have said, hey, cattle not only is a Communist Party company, but it's closely tied to the intelligence services of the Communist Party of China. Everyone would know that if they asked that question. Secondarily, from an economic perspective of longevity of our nation, especially if this administration is trying to go into green energy and renewables, you are now contracting and giving all your electrical battery capabilities to a communist party who now has supply chain control over you. Secondarily, what's the incentive for anyone else in Michigan to want to incorporate or build electric vehicle battery plant when they know they can't get into the Ford ecosystem? It just makes no sense. Is it something that you can even trust having a company on our soil that is putting batteries into our vehicles, a company that is an adversary that is looking, I mean, we're talking about the concern over EMPs, all of these things that China could do. Why wouldn't they just mess with our own vehicles? Why Why is that not a national security concern? Yeah, because it's, it's a combination. Not only is it an economic issue for the Chinese, but it's also a supply chain hold, right? Anywhere the Communist Party of China can get a supply chain hold on our U.S. infrastructure, our domestic and our tranquility of our nation, they'll take it. And, and very analogous is the, uh, the port cranes that we've seen around their nation, uh, ZPMC port cranes, where they control all cargo in and out of the U.S. The Communist Party of China does. Think about that. So in a time of conflict, they could just switch a switch and say, okay, no more ships are being provisioned. Nothing comes in, nothing comes out. We've already seen in COVID the ability for the Communist Party of China to have a significant control on our supply chain. Issues like this and what Ford is doing is it making it even worse. What is the answer? I mean, how can we protect as a nation, as local businesses? How can American businesses protect against the danger of China? I think American businesses, first of all, have to have their eyes wide open and ask to have, they have to have employees or an ability to ask someone, what is the short term or long term risk here with this business decision? We're not saying, I'm not saying don't do business with a company in China mm-hmm. or in China, but full well know that when you do that, you're subserving to all their new cyber laws, national security laws, and all your data and third-party data has to go to the Communist Party and their intelligence services. If you're good with that, that's phase one. Phase two is, what are the alternative measures in the U.S. for investment? Are there companies that are very analogous to what you're trying to do in China to build back better in America? What do you Whatever you want to call that invest in America, try that first. Because at some point, uh, Tudor, we have to have an understanding that the 
ability to build commerce and capitalism is now intersecting very closely with national security and national interest. And the closer we get to that, the better off we're going to be. And that starts with awareness. And I put the onus on the uh, 50 governors of the United States. Hmm. They own their state. 85% of all critical infrastructure is in our states and owned and operated by the governor, and the state and locals. So any threat to our critical infrastructure, the governors have supremacy. And I would proffer there's probably only about eight to 10 governors who have a really strong national security apparatus around them. And that's typically in the counterterrorism world, not in the national security world with respect to foreign nation states like Russia, China, Iran. And I would say that I would proffer that the governors need to provide a little foreign investment sell together to say, advise me on some of the strategic decisions our state is making that puts our state at risk. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've had some new laws come into play in the past few years for cybersecurity, and companies have been required to increase their cybersecurity, have a secondary server off-site, hold their information someplace else, because we've had so many of these ransom attacks. And that seems like also something, I mean, you mentioned cybersecurity with the Chinese and having them have some capability of getting into your information. Is that a matter of them the concern of them shutting down businesses or is this them sealing the IP? What kind of concerns do you have in the cybersecurity area if you are doing business overseas? Uh, Tudor, great question. And I would say all of the above. So even if, forget about overseas, but here in the US, we've just seen the last few months that China's capabilities and intent to breach the State Department, secretaries, 
of Treasury, Secretary of Commerce, their personal emails, their work emails, they would do whatever they can to get a leg up. So there's an espionage angle for information intelligence, PowerPoints. There's also the ITOT. China has been for a decade plus putting malware in critical infrastructure, you know, into mm-hmm. our uh, capabilities to be able to, at, they're choosing shut down capabilities, electrical, energy, gas, natural oil, whatever they want to do. So for me, it's an aspect of when you say cyber, it's a big range thing, not just theft of intellectual property and trade secrets, but it's also the potential to stop things from running, which will cause chaos in the U.S., is there the potential for some of these companies like Goshen that's moved that are moving in here very close to military bases and and we're seeing land purchased near military bases? Is there a proximity issue where if you are close by, you can then start shutting things down using te- technologies that maybe the average person like me is not aware of? Absolutely. And, and again, uh, staying in the unclassified realm, if you just look back the last five, eight years of what we had uncovered with Huawei and their communication systems and their cameras on cell towers in and around military facilities, their ability to uh, videotape, record, and collect information on uh, strategic locations and being back to China is very easy, very simple. So at the end of the day, if you are the Goshen issue, if you're somewhere around that space and you say, wait a minute, there's a really strategic military base around the corner, maybe we should ask DOD what the threat is here. And then what are they looking to put on this plant? Because typically what they'll do is say, oh yeah, here's our plant, but you know what? We're going to put a 300-foot tower to help facilitate our software. Well, that's not what that tower's for. That tower is there to collect intelligence, signals intelligence, telephone, cell phone intelligence, and which we saw with a balloon that's past winter, the capabilities are extraordinary with China, but the capabilities are nowhere near the complexity of the intent of China and what they want to do here in the U.S. Well, I think that is the, I don't know, ignorance of government here in the state of Michigan, because we not only have this factory coming into Michigan, but they've signed non-disclosure agreements. So the people know nothing about this factory. They knew nothing about what they're actually producing. What we've been able to find out so far is this is some sort of battery component that will likely ship out of the country. It won't even be parts that'll be used in vehicles in the United States. So this idea of being green and all of these wonderful things, this is not for us. But you mentioned the Chinese balloon. I want to talk about that because, you know, there was question as to what exactly this was. The president has blown this off. If this were a Republican president, we, we, we would still be talking about it to this day. However, they did come out and say, oh, it's been happening for a long time. We just didn't know. Is it possible that they have been flying at an altitude that we have actually not been somehow not been aware of and they're getting gathering massive amounts of data on the United States? And if so, what happens with that data? So, Tudor, I will pair it with what the military has said. Yes, initially, uh, the U.S. military has said that there was a domain-specific location, uh, particularly f- however many feet in the air, where we did not have NORAD or NORTHCOM did not have capability to monitor, right? So the Chinese took advantage of that. Now, however many balloons happened in the past, uh, that could be negotiated, that could be argued. But the one that did come across our nation uh, was a very sophisticated surveillance balloon with multiple types of surveillance capabilities and sensors that flew right over incredibly important, uh, not only military, but nuclear sites, weapon silos. So for me, hopefully there wasn't, as head of counterintelligence, I was not aware of that happening prior to 2021. But if it did happen, then shame on us for not seeing that. But for anyone to minimize 
the sophistication of this balloon is foolish and naive and probably just hiding the fact that it was that significant of a success by the Chinese Communist Party. Well, that's what I think we're all wondering. I mean, obviously, they came out and said, oh, this is a weather balloon. And I understand that there's going to always be things the government doesn't want you to know because they want to be able to protect you from what's what the threat is. But once they've done this, I mean, we know that China is looking far ahead, much farther ahead than in the United States. They're not on the eight-year plan. They're on the 100-year plan, right? So they're far into that plan right now. Is this a matter of them someday causing that chaos that you're talking about? And I think when you say they can cause chaos, it can be that suddenly your, your cell phone stop, your car stops, you don't have any electricity, and there is chaos in the streets. Is there a, a chance that they have a plan to cause chaos and then come into the U.S.? What what could we be looking at here? I think people are very cautious about what they say, but China is a true threat. Uh, without a doubt. And, and two things here. I'll go back to the balloon. First, I will put the onus on the American people and members of Congress to ask the government, Department of Defense and the FBI, hey, you've had it now for seven, eight months. What was in that balloon? Let's have some transparency. Let the American people know the facts of what that balloon was and what it was capable of doing. That's number one. And, oh, don't let the government keep that silent. Number two, yes, without a doubt, uh, we've said for a decade plus, we've said it publicly back as far as 2007 with DNI Coates, what China's capabilities are to stop the American way of life is unbelievable. They've been putting things in place for more than a decade. Just think about what happened to America just with the colonial pipeline issue, which wasn't that big of a deal. It caused oh, yeah. mass People chaos. People forget about that. Mass yes. chaos. And think about this. If you are, and this is not me speaking, this has been analyzed by the Department of Defense and Intelligence Community. If you are going to make a run at Taiwan and you are going to uh, invade or do whatever you want to do, act here in the U.S. first, shut off the phones, the power in the middle of winter, do all those things. What kind of, ins you would not get any widespread excitement from the American people to help protect Taiwan when we are unable to have cell phone communications or gas or power. There would be no uh, momentum for our government to help provide uh, support to Taiwan when the Chinese have acted here domestically first. It's terrifying. And I, I think that people are a little unaware of the control that they can have. You bring up the colonial pipeline, just shutting off that pipeline for, I mean, what was it? 24 hours, 48 hours that that was shut down. And we had people that couldn't move. They, their cars were just stuck on the highways. I mean, the, the impact that you can have through the communication system, through computer systems to be able to turn on and shut off people's cell phones, people's electricity, their access to gasoline. I mean, this could shut down the entire country. You make a fascinating point that if you shut down the U.S., we're pretty distracted from what else you might be wanting to do. And I think a lot of people right now are so focused on Ukraine, they are not aware that this threat, the people who are majorly involved in the threat against the United States are closely watching how distracted we are with Ukraine right now and what else they can do here in the United States. It's scary. There's a lot more that we're going to be covering with this. We'd love to have you back on. Bill Evanina, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome, Tudor. It's been my pleasure. Have a great day. Thanks. And thank you so much for being with us today and joining me on the Tudor Dixon podcast. As always, for this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.